Thank you, Becca. And thank you, Elodie, making your first appearance there. Um, nice to hear you. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Charlotte. Give us a wave just to check everything's working. Brilliant. Um, this is really surprisingly scary, given that I'm sat at home in the comfort of my own home, basically talking to I can only see Charlotte. Um, it is a very strange thing. So we'll, we'll kind of get into the flow of this and, and let's see what happens. If we've not met before, my name is Matt and I'm one of the elders at Real Life Church. I'm married to Phil, who's just leading worship so well. And between us, we've got two children, Delta and Blue, who are currently still at school because their bubbles have not yet burst. And I pray they won't. Um, uh, but they're getting on. They're amazing children. We love them very much. Um, I'm an assistant principal at a local secondary school and I'm proud to be part of Real Life Church to call it my home and be on this exciting journey with everyone. So tonight we're going to be talking about money, a blessing and a danger. It can bring so much joy, reassurance, safety, sustenance, but it can also bring distraction, anxiety, obsession and pain. Before we really kind of delve into the parable tonight, I want to acknowledge that I'm speaking into a context where our world is suffering um, from a global pandemic. Many people are currently furloughed and only receiving partial pay. Some are self-employed and unsure of the future of their businesses. Some are in danger of redundancy and some have been made redundant already. Others, and I acknowledge like myself, are in jobs that are secure, continuing through lockdown with workplaces that have changed, but at least have a security in the form of a paycheck. There's also many people that were struggling with their finances before coronavirus arrived, and we must not forget those as well. And there'll be a whole chunk of us who are very comfortable, earning well, and, and don't have any of that kind of worry or fear around money. But as we look at the danger of money this evening, I just don't want to appear patronising, flippant or uncaring of all those difficult financial situations that could be going on um, to anyone that's listening to this. And I just want to say at the outset, if you are in need, you must, must, must reach out to God in prayer for him to provide what you need, but also to us, your local church, for support and guidance. We are committed to showing God's love in our community. And to do this, we need to know when you're in trouble or struggling. And we've actually been able to help many people practically and with specialist guidance and counsel over the years. And if we can't help, we'll definitely try to find someone that can help you. We're going to look at the rich fool's barns tonight um, as he knocks them down and builds bigger one. And I know there's some people out there with kind of standard science barns that have enough to get by with the basics but they're certainly not full. There are some struggling to even fill their barns to survive. I just want to encourage you to listen, um, to keep going to God, to ask for his help, which is okay and it's right to ask when we're in need. And the heart of this talk is about keeping Jesus at the centre of your life, whatever your situation. Um, as an example, Phil, my wife, um, she's self-employed. She's started and runs her own business, Philippi Yates Designs, um, which is an excellent business. Um, she has tried to keep Jesus right at the centre of what she does. It's a business that, um, again, I'm surrounded by beautiful things that she's created. Um, she upcycles um, wood into beautiful things you can put in your home to speak truth into people's homes. It's all very bespoke. 
but right from the outset she's tried to keep Jesus at the heart of what she does and she said herself this is a it's a work in progress every week every day is different but she tries to start each day by talking to Jesus seeking his guidance listening praying worshiping um, and Jesus walks on that journey with her and she was describing this as those weeks um, when she isn't feeling as close to Jesus because she's not giving that time to him and spending that time with him. Those weeks are tougher. Often when she starts to lose a bit of confidence in herself, confidence in the business, starts to feel a bit um, less secure. So she knows kind of the difference between keeping Jesus at the centre and not keeping Jesus at the centre of all she does. And really, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about keeping Jesus at the centre of our lives, um, at the centre of our work, and make sure we're pursuing him, not pursuing money. Um, I'll just finish there by saying, if there's anything I say tonight that you want to talk to me about, please just shout. You're welcome to contact me directly. Um, keep shouting to God for help. Keep shouting to us, your local church. That's why we've made sure everyone's in life groups, so everyone's got that kind of mechanism to call out. Um, if you do want help. Um, but yeah, do keep talking to us. So this parable said is all about heart issues. It could be applied to whatever you have, money, possessions, time, literally anything. So I, I keep saying this, but I really want you to have open hearts to hear from God, whatever your current situation. So there's the intro. I'm going to pray um, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I just, I ask you to come amongst us this evening and to be really opening our hearts, opening our minds to hear from you. I pray you will teach us this evening how to pursue you, how to pursue our God, how to pursue Jesus in everything we do in our lives, how to keep Jesus central to our decision making, how to keep him central and to keep our hearts running after him. Yeah, help us tonight. Amen. Okay, so whenever I'm preparing for a preach, um, God always speaks to me. He always talks to me practically and kind of teaches me about myself and my own heart. So thanks, Stuart, for giving me the preach on the topic of the danger of money. Um, and we've probably all got different things we like to hoard or we pursue or we struggle to let go or kind of occupy our headspace so much that we keep looking for more and more. Um, Sometimes we are blessed with something that is so special to us. We just want to keep it to ourselves. And that in itself is not a problem unless it's kind of the outworking of a pattern of selfishness in our lives where maybe a lack of generosity is indicative of where our heart's at. But if Jesus is at the centre of our lives, our attitude to money and stuff um, will appear very different if he's not. So I've kind of brought you into my personal barn this evening, if you like. Um, this is a space in the house that I call mine um, and the family call mine. Uh, it's kind of my man cave. In reality, it's the corner of a room, but it's where I like to keep things that are mine. It's a space I can retreat to if I need to. Um, and I might talk about a few of the things in this space later on. But for an introvert like myself, it's a little corner kind of of my space where I can switch off, be alone, clear my thoughts. But at the same time, it's actually full of danger as many of these things around me have the potential or the danger um, to distract me from God. You'll notice there's various musical instruments in here. Um, let's have a little quick look around my room. I've got my Lego, um, superhero, Star Wars. Um, I've got my uh, lovely lobster from my wife here, who is my lobster. Um, 
and another one of her creations. I've got some books. I've got a bunch of games here that are kind of my games that we play as a family. Um, just lots of things that could be um, something that kind of my heart goes after and replaces that part of my life where Jesus should be. And the reason I'm here this evening is not to show off all my stuff or my space, but just to get you to think, when we're talking tonight about the danger of money, we're not literally just talking about money. We're not literally just talking about the money we earn, because there'll be a bunch of people tonight that here probably don't earn any money at the moment for a variety of different reasons. But actually, let's, let's try and kind of apply this to anything our hearts might be going over after in terms of money and stuff that has value um, that might overtake Jesus in our lives. So hopefully there's a bit of something for everyone. Um, I can be a bit like um, Joey from Friends with food and drink. Joey doesn't share food. Um, so to kind of set the tone at the outset as well, I thought I'd be try to be a bit generous and share some of my favourite things. So I popped around this morning and delivered a few gifts to people. So there should be um, a few people on the Zoom um, who have got uh, a parcel to open. So I'm just going to switch back to gallery view. If you can, you might want to just click back to gallery view. If you've got a bag, do you want to just hold it up? And there's a few people out there. There might be a few people not on screens. You're very welcome to open those gifts now. Um, I was clean when I delivered them this morning. Um, you're welcome just to enjoy them. There's a few of my favourite things in there. Um, if you want to hold anything up, you can. There should be about five or six parcels dotted around. There's a few not here. So there's a few of my favourite crisps. Yes. Um, a few of my favourite beers. I hope you enjoy that, Ollie. There should be a gin and tonic in there. Yeah, there it is. And some of my favourite chocolate snacks. So apologies, I couldn't get around everyone's house. But I thought, you know, it's nice to sit back, isn't it? With a nice drink, a nice snack in the evening. Um, obviously, everything in moderation, guys. Um, but hopefully it just gives you something to kind of enjoy this evening as we go through. If you want to come back to speak of you or Charlotte, I don't know if you can do that. Um, just, you know, for... Sometimes it can be hard to share certain things. You know, if I've got a, a fridge full of my favourite beer, it can be hard at times to share. And that's probably quite a small example, but it's, it's nice to share. It's nice to see the smile on people's faces as we um, share stuff amongst us. Thanks, guys. OK, so Jesus considered money to be both hazardous and helpful. He teaches us in many places in the Bible how to maximise the helpfulness and minimise the hazard. In this world, we exchange money for what we value or what we need. Um, John Piper said, what we do with our money shows what we value with our heart, or the movement of your money signifies the movement of your heart. It's a little bit more poetic, that, isn't it? The movement of your money signifies the movement of your heart. Um, in Luke 12, Jesus says, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So we cannot serve two masters, money and God. We cannot pursue the benefits of money and pursue the benefits that knowing God will give. We must choose. And that's what we're going to explore. There's plenty of warnings in the Bible, just in case you didn't believe me. Uh, Job 15, let them no longer fool themselves by trusting in empty riches for emptiness will be their only reward. 1 Timothy 6, but people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. 
Matthew 6, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So notice these are all about a love for money, the pursuit of money, serving money as our master. It's not about the money itself. We're talking about what our heart is going after. So we're going to look at tonight, my hope is, that we'll be a church that treasures God above all that money can buy and that we're a church that will understand the movement of our money expresses the movement of our heart. So to verse 13 and the man's question. Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. So the man was worried about not getting enough or possibly losing his inheritance. We don't know any more details. Was he entitled to the money? Probably to some of it. Old Testament law in Deuteronomy says the rights of the eldest son should be recognised. And if it is the younger son here asking the question, he is entitled to one third um, of the inheritance with his older brother receiving two thirds. We don't know what he's asking for. And You've got to remember, it's okay to bring our financial worries to Jesus. I keep saying that. Um, financial difficulties can bring anxiety, and we need to have ways to express this both in prayer and those around us. But in this particular situation, Jesus took the opportunity to teach into valuing God above money. It was a teachable opportunity, and he took it. He didn't get involved in the nitty-gritty of the family dispute, but instead he went straight to the heart, like he often does, and says, okay, there's an opportunity here. I'm going to speak into this. Um, so there's nothing wrong with the question, nothing wrong with the fairness, the justice. We, we don't know the situation. There's nothing wrong with possessions. There's nothing wrong with desires. But let's keep checking our hearts. So Jesus responds, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things? He's not going to get involved in those specifics. But he continues, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Now, the original word for beware here, beware, it sounds weird, now I'm saying it lots of times, here is a command with a sense of a breadth of discernment. That is, be on guard against every form of greed. It's a big warning. Beware. Listen. Okay, a fuller explanation might be a warning against a greedy desire to have more. That is, Jesus says, beware of all desires to have more. And he says, not they're wrong, but beware of them. It's a warning statement. So let's listen to that warning. What do we want more of? Do we want more love? Do we want a better house? Do we want a higher paid job? Do you want more fame? Do you want more people to follow you or your business on social media? Maybe you work for a business and you want that new promotion. And Jesus says, just look out for all desire to have more. He doesn't say the things you're desiring is wrong, but he wants you to check where your desire is coming from and wants you to weigh this compared to your desire to know and follow Jesus. So he's teeing us up here for the, um, the parable we're going to look at. And just remember, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people who are craving money have wandered from God and forgotten what will bring them the true satisfaction. Some people. So Jesus goes into his story. He tells them a story, not just the brother, it's the man he tells them. So it's a message to all of us to have our um, ears and hearts open. 
a rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. So this is not a bad thing when land produces plentifully or a business prospers or we receive a promotion or a pay increase or perhaps our investments increase in value. These are good. Um, that's not why he's about to be called a fool. The world needs productive farmers and profitable businesses. So we continue. He said to himself, what should I do? The farmer, that is. I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know, I'll tear down my barns, build bigger ones, and then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Take it easy. Eat, drink, be merry. For me, it might be eat, drink, play my guitar, just sit back, relax, enjoy. Um, and now remember, the movement of your money signifies the movement of your heart. And everything in this paragraph is about himself. The farmer says, I'm going to build myself bigger barns. Um, I'm going to store up all my wheat and grain. I will sit back. I have enough. I can take it easy. I will drink. I will be merry. Nothing he did with his prophets indicated him being in a rich relationship with God. And even bigger barns is not an issue in itself. And plenty of stories in the Bible um, where food is stored to provide sustenance. It's a good thing building bigger barns, you know, sustenance during famine for a nation. In fact, there's a prophetic message from God. He enabled Joseph, who was a man of God, to interpret the Pharaoh's dream. This warning resulted in so much food being stored that Joseph stopped keeping records because there was too much to measure. This storehouse kept Egypt and its surrounding countries alive. But Joseph's response was never to say, hey, my barns are full, so let's sit back and take it easy. But actually, he worked hard. He continued to work hard and he honoured God's calling and he blessed others and he helped other people from many nations. So I mentioned my kind of build up to this preach. And actually, I felt I was a bit guilty of building and sustaining a bigger barn last week. Uh, we had an unexpected car bill come in. It was around about £400. Um, nobody wants that, do they? Nobody wants an unexpected bill. Um my reaction, though, was, oh, no, we're going to have to spend this money and we can't afford it this month. What are we going to do? And that was my initial reaction. But then, in his wisdom, God very graciously reminded me that we, that we have a barn already. It's not very large and it's not particularly full, but it is big enough to cover the unexpected expense and not be emptied. Why do we have a barn? Well, because God has previously given us a little extra in the budget to put some in there. So really, my response should have been, oh, no, an unexpected bill. But thank you, Jesus, that you have provided us with some previous surplus to cover the cost. I was feeling really disappointed to have to go into the storehouse of our savings. when actually, I think I should have been thankful. It's a very human reaction. But actually, I ended up being thankful it was there in the first place. And actually, we didn't have to go without because God had already provided for us. So I want to say thank you, Jesus, um, for looking ahead for us. And sorry that my initial response wasn't to celebrate and say thank you. So let's go back to our productive farmer. So he failed to use his riches in a way that showed he treasured God more than his riches. And as a result, he is labelled as a damned fool. 
that is a fool that is going to die this very night. His response to prosperity was self-indulgent eating, drinking, merriment, not gratitude, generosity and worship. And ultimately, his treasure was only going to benefit him and only benefit him as long as he lived. He could have done so much more with what filled his barns. His approach um, brings death, not life. In the same way, we hear the warning that pursuit of money and possessions um, will ultimately um, lead to death and not the life-giving power of Jesus. So he concludes in verse 21, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God or to be rich towards God or build treasure in heaven. The abundance of things and possessions does not bring joy. Abundance of knowing God brings joy. Counting God as a greater richness than anything on earth brings wealth. Our salvation is by grace alone. And what we do beyond that and what we have achieved um, and what we have in terms of possessions has no standing before God. It will not gain our salvation. The prosperous farmer failed to do this. And so he was a fool and he lost his life and he lost all his possessions and nothing that he stored up went with him when he died. It was all left behind. So the danger of money, it lures us towards stuff and away from God. It leads us out of love with God, away from treasure in him putting something in that higher place above how much we love Jesus. So that's kind of what this passage is saying. It's saying that we should pursue Jesus above our passion and our pursuit of anything else in our lives. And Jesus acknowledges in many places um, that money has the danger of doing that stuff, possessions, fame, all these things have a, a danger of being placed in our lives above Jesus. We need to keep check of this. So as we kind of come into the last bit of this talk this evening, um, let's have a look at some ideas how we can protect ourselves from the hazard of money, the danger of money. And let's ground this warning in three practical steps. So number one, we need to fall in love with Jesus and grow deeper in this relationship. At Real Life Church, what are we about? We are about Jesus. We love Jesus and we love to serve him. We love to worship him. and We love to get to know him more. He is your treasure. So pursue him in everything. Gain Christ in your life. Philippians 3. Yes, Everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. We need to read our Bibles, pray, worship, listen to worship music, engage with the work of the church, even if it's online. Well done for being here this evening. Well done for being at Life Group. Well done for being at prayer meetings. It is hard. It is different. But let's engage with what the church is doing. Let's get stuck into our communities and let's get to know Jesus more. Get stuck into life groups that you're living in community with other followers of Jesus and we can help each other and build each other up. Um, and keep our pursuit of Jesus as our number one priority. We need to keep him as number one in our lives. And if he isn't, we need to put things in place to remind us. 
you know, have have little systems, have little things that help you. You know, when I work, drive to work, I will pray. When I get to work, I will pray. Whatever it is for you. When I get to my desk, I will pray or read my Bible or before I can turn my computer on. Now you could um, you could set a password that reminds you of him. You know, your password could be have I prayed today one two three dot 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 comma whatever it wants to be now you could use a little practical reminders whatever it is for you now when you take the kids to school make it part of the routine right we're in the car everyone we're off to school you know a moment to calm reflect pray about the day what we're about to do it might be a bedtime routine but let's keep him regular let's keep him involved in everything we do perhaps when you go on Facebook um, which I know a few people do from time to time or onto WhatsApp you know, rather than just checking your messages, maybe have an aim. This would be a this would be a challenge. But maybe every time you go onto social media, why don't you try to write one encouraging, God glorifying post? It might just be encouraging someone in whatever they've posted or whatever they're doing. It might be you say something explicitly about God um, and how much he loves someone, or, or you know, it doesn't have to be, but just something that just glorifies God, that builds him up and says, actually, Jesus is amazing. I'm a Christian and I want to bring a bit of joy and light into your life. So whatever it might be, it might just be, yeah, just going on and saying that looks amazing, fun, saying something positive. But let's let's try and be encouraging. Let's try and glorify God in everything we do. Um, okay, let's just, let's just pause there before we do number two. Um, and I would just like to pray for us, just that if there is anything in our lives um, that is kind of distracting us from Jesus at the moment, I just want God to, to bring it to the forefront of our minds and just give him that opportunity to do so. So I'm just going just gonna to pause, I'm going to pray, and then I'll wait a little bit, and then we'll um, carry on. But I just felt as I was preparing that for some people, maybe some of the things around me or we've talked about or other things popping into your head might say actually is that in the right place in my life so Jesus um, I just want to ask you um, what you see in our hearts I want to ask you what you're seeing in my heart right now I want to ask you Jesus what you see me pursuing and if it's if it's not you as number one if I need to reevaluate something in our lives, Lord, I just pray right now you would speak to people and drop things into their hearts, into their minds, something we can talk about and reflect on this week. But if there's anything in any way that's distracting us, Lord, um, just speak to us now, I pray. Yeah, I want to thank you, Jesus, that you are completely and utterly worthy of being number one in our lives. You are, you are the God who created this world. And we know, Lord, that if we pursue you, there is great richness of reward. We know if we pursue you, Lord, that just life, life is so much richer being in relationship with you, Lord Jesus. Our, our eternal salvation is in your hands. We thank you, Lord, for that. And I just pray for those things that might have come into people's heads there. Just, um, yeah, help us to process that this week, I pray.
Amen. If there was anything there, um, it was very quiet. Um, if there was anything there, uh, just encourage you to talk in your life groups, talk to your partners, your friends, whatever it might be. Uh, and also just encourage you to actually ask other godly people that you trust. You know, what do you see in me? What do you see in the way I handle stuff? Um, and, you know, does it show that my heart is pursuing Jesus? So let's be brave. Let's be bold. Um, and let's talk about this. So number two, um, trust in God to meet your needs. And let's be generous and be grateful for what we have. So number one is to fall deeper in love with Jesus. Number two, let's trust in God to meet your needs. Be generous and be grateful for what you have. Now, God promises to give us all that we need. 2 Corinthians, the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. This is the heart of God. And we can we can outwardly demonstrate our trust in him by being generous with what he has given to us and not constantly striving to build bigger barns for ourselves. Because the world seems to believe that bigger barns equals more security. But God says that he is our refuge and our security. So we need to trust in him and not trust in the money. Um, and another thing that kind of uh, been playing on my heart, my mind, preparing for this was just I thought, actually, if we struggle to be generous, if there are people out there, and I'm sure there are, perhaps we are not fully trusting him to keep our barns full with what we need. I'll just say that again. If we struggle to be generous, perhaps we are not fully trusting him to keep our barns full with what we need. Maybe we are pursuing money, pursuing things, because actually it's indicative of the fact we don't fully trust Jesus, trust God to provide what we need. Um, and I just thought it might be helpful if you don't believe that God will provide for you. Maybe something's happened before. Maybe it's just something you think, well, yeah, you know, I can pray to God. I can talk to God, but I don't think he's really going to come and give me what I need. Therefore, I need to keep doing this in my own strength. Okay, if you're struggling to kind of give things over to God, um, I've, I've written an attempt at a stronghold buster, which is something we used on um, Freedom in Christ. The idea is it's um, it talks about the lie, the lie being I can't trust God. God oh, sorry, the lie being I won't trust God for providing for me. I don't think God will provide the things I need. There's then a bunch of truth about what God says, which is actually he will provide for us. He does watch over us. He does care for us. Um, and he will provide so much for us. Um, which is the truth. And there's a prayer at the end of it that just says, actually, I repent of believing in the lie that God will not provide for me. But actually, I'm going to step into the truth and believe the truth. And the idea is you do this for 40 days. Because um, they say if you do something kind of for 30 days, it becomes habit. So it's just a, it's a way of getting that trusting in God into our kind of daily habit. So if that's something that's helpful, um, I'll give it to Melanie and Stuart and ask them maybe to send it out on one of the emails. Um, if you want to know more, you don't really understand what I'm talking about. If you've not done a Freedom in Christ course, talk to someone in your life group who probably has. Um, or again, come back and talk to me. But I just really felt that, that um, you know, we need to put Jesus as number one, but then we need to trust God. And I think if we're if we're constantly pursuing 
stuff in our lives and money in our lives and promotion and all those kind of things just to pause and reflect why am i doing this am i doing this because god is blessing this and calling me to do this or am i actually pursuing this because deep down i don't trust god i don't think god is going to provide for me what i need so i need to keep striving so just another possible area of application um in Luke, it also says, look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to him than any birds. So, so how could the farmer have responded if Jesus was number one um, and he fully trusted in God? You know, maybe first first thoughts when he kind of received all this prosperity or when we received an inheritance or a bonus a different response could be god this is all yours thank you for providing and for being generous so firstly we could respond by being grateful what shall i do with it what do you want me to do how can i bless or help others is there anything you want to say to me show me how to express my love for you and the growth of your kingdom on earth that is, I want to be generous and I want to seek God's wisdom and guidance. Lord, I want to enjoy this money, but it's not for me. It's not to leave me away from you or distract me from building my relationship with you, keeping him number one. I do want to celebrate with those that have been helped by this gift. It was nice to see your faces as you unwrap those parcels today um, and had a few little gifts. It's good to celebrate with people. You know, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I want to the, receive the fullest blessing of giving. Um, but Lord, I want you to guide me and, you know, I want to say thank you. And I want to ask you what you want me to do with this. And if we are honest with God, sometimes he'll speak directly. But if he doesn't, listen to your conscience, listen to your heart. He lives in you. So listen to the wisdom that he's invested in you and trusting in you um, to guide you. Okay, I'm just going to skip that bit because time is running away. Um, so we've got number one, keep Jesus at number one. Number two, we're going to trust in him and we're going to be grateful and we're going to be generous um, with all that God has given us. And again, there's lots of patterns in the Bible about people being generous and people being encouraged to be generous with what they have. And I really feel that being generous with what God has given us just demonstrates how much we trust him and how much our faith is in him to provide for us um, and to keep us safe as well. Um, so lastly, Jesus is number one. We're going to trust in him and we're going to be generous and grateful with what he's given us. And lastly, money is a danger. So we do need to put protection in place. So I'll finish just by saying um, we need to just keep an eye on what we're doing. What are we spending money on? What are we spending our time doing? And there's a great book called The Elimination of Hurry, which I encourage you to read if you haven't. Um, and he talks in there some great examples. One of them is checking his family budget with a friend. And he does that every year. And if he wants to spend over a thousand pounds, he has to go to this friend and they have a talk about um, that money to check their hearts. What is it? Um, what is it they want that thing for? Have they got the time and space in their lives for that thing? Is it going to distract them from God or is it going to help them in their walking in their lives? There's some great practical stuff in there um, uh, about putting some of those protections in. You know, Phil and I talk a lot about our money and what we do with it. 
but bringing in some other people, maybe having two couples that kind of help each other out. I think it would be a good thing because money is a danger. So we need to be asking those close to us and those around us, you know, what does what I do with my stuff say to you? Actually ask people, you know, what does it say to you? What is my life speaking to you right now? Does my life, does my pursuit of things, of money, um, demonstrate a love for Jesus? I can think of plenty of people that I would very easily say, oh, yes, it does. You are so generous with what you have. You live a great life. You have lots of fun. But I can see how generous you're being with other people. Someone um, gave away a barbecue over the summer, uh, which was a real blessing to us as a family. Um, you know, it was a, it was a gift. They, they could have lent it to us, but actually they said, no, you take it, you have it. We don't need it back. Um, and it's been a real blessing to us as a family. So thank you guys. But are there, are there things in your life maybe that you don't need, that you have around that actually let's lend with just generosity. Let's lend sometimes without that expectation of receiving anything back. Let's, let's give things away if it kind of declutters our lives um, and helps us to focus more on Jesus. So this is a hazard. We know there's a hazard and we're going to take some steps to avoid falling into danger. And remember that income, possessions, prosperity are not bad in themselves. It's about how we use them and what we do with them. It's about how generous our heart is to bless others and how obedient our heart is to listen to God and use the resource he has given to us. And there are many, many individuals, families, businesses, companies that bless others, that create jobs and expand and grow into charitable organisations. Um, however big or small our income, though, it's about the heart of what we do, what we're pursuing. And is money distracting us? Is stuff distracting us from our love of God? So it's not the diligence of the farmer. It's not the hard work of the farmer in any way that is rebuked here. It's his dependence upon building up his earthly storehouse to secure his future, rather than keeping his focus on the all-powerful, all-loving, all-knowing God who generously gave us everything good that we have. So there we land, and hopefully I've given you something to think about. Sorry to rush a little bit at the end. Um, let's pray, um, and then we'll finish there. So... Just firstly, again, just to give you a moment, just I'd love us to say, to be honest, and be thankful to God for what we have. So can I ask you, just in your own homes, um, just to spend a few moments just thanking God for what we have, because actually he's blessed us with so much. So we'll just pause and do that for a moment. Yeah, Jesus, you have blessed us with so much richness. And as a church, we want to stand, we want to say thank you for all that you've given us. Um, secondly, I'd love us just to declare that trust and that um, dependence upon God for what we need. It might come easily to you, it might be a bit harder for you, but again, I'd love us just to pause um, and to just declare to God that actually, no matter what happens, we're going to trust in him. And if you find that hard, I'd encourage you to have a look at that um, stronghold buster when it comes out.
Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, again, I want to declare my trust in you for my future, for my family, for my job, for my health, for my well-being, Lord. I know you walk with me, you run with me, you carry me at times. You encourage me and poke me when you need to, Lord. Um, just thank you, but I trust in you for my future, Lord. And I pray that if there's anyone that's struggling to trust you tonight, Lord, for anything, that you'll teach us how to talk openly with each other, talk openly with you, but ultimately teach us to trust you, Lord Jesus. And finally, I'd love us to do number one and just say to Jesus how much we love him. Um, I'm going to hand back to Charlotte in just a moment. But before we do that, I'd love you again just to pray in your homes, just to say, actually, Jesus, whatever you're feeling about Jesus, but how much we love him and how much you want to keep him as number one. And if you're feeling a bit like, actually, that thing in my life has got a bit out of kilter, it's taken too much of my time and energy and my pursuit, and actually I want to put Jesus back as number one, um, maybe take this moment um, to pray about that with him. If you've never prayed that prayer before and you've never actually said, I want to pursue Jesus, brilliant please pray that prayer and please talk to anyone um, on this screen email them to the leaders email text me whatever um, but following Jesus is the best decision you'll ever make so I encourage you just to spend a couple of moments with Jesus and then I'll hand back to Charlotte Yeah, Jesus, you are you are number one in my life and I love you and I want to run after and I want to pursue you more than anything else in my life. And I trust you, Lord, to keep showing me where my attention, my mind is distracted, where my heart is distracted, Lord, because my heart is for you. I am sold out and I love you, Lord Jesus. So keep teaching me, keep directing me, keep challenging me. And for anyone tonight, Lord, that just feels actually maybe something in my life has got bigger than it should, the pursuit of that thing has taken me away from Jesus, I pray for them tonight and say, Lord, thank you for speaking. Thank you for touching their hearts and help them, help them, Lord, to have the strength to, to keep pursuing you and to make those difficult decisions that ultimately result in so much richness of knowing you more and more. Amen. Thanks, Charlotte.